are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on in to another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and show me some love on Twitter at Jack Bushman2. Or you could also go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talking Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also, real quick, make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube if you haven't done so already. I know well over 50% of the viewers right now aren't subscribed to the channel. What are you doing? It won't cost you anything. It's only going to take a quick click of the button. And also that way, you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. Make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. Smash that like button. Go and comment down below. Drive the SEO in my direction. I greatly appreciate it. And without further ado, I am back. We're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I apologize for not having a show out within the last week, but it was a pretty chaotic last uh, seven, eight, nine days for myself as I was fortunate enough to get credentialed for the BMW Championship, the PGA tournament that was in the South Suburbs, just 25 miles outside of the Chicagoland area. And that really took up most of my time, if not all of my time throughout the course of the week. I walked 40 miles in five days, a lot of commuting back and forth. So unfortunately, I kind of had to put the show to the side for a little bit. But Truthfully, when we're in, you know, mid to late August, there's not all that much groundbreaking news to cover anyways, but I do promise I'm back here. I'm going to be drilling out episodes here for the rest of August as we start to get closer to the beginning of training camp and the preseason and the Tom Curvers prospect showcase that the Blackhawks will be taking part in once again this fall. So we're starting to creep towards fall a little bit here as August winds down. Uh, And I do have some pretty interesting things to cover here on today's show since we haven't had one in in quite a little bit. And to open things up here this afternoon, I know that I'm a little bit behind the eight ball with this one, Blackhawks fans, but I absolutely have to start here. Some breaking news that came out last Thursday, I believe. Um, And after tons of speculation all offseason long, which I've covered here, uh, we saw Jonathan Taves make his first official statement since the end of the regular season since the Blackhawks took on the Philadelphia Flyers in the season finale. Of course, Jonathan Taves scored a goal in that game, which was just a perfect little farewell moment for him. Nearly had the overtime winner as well, but uh, looking back at it, pretty good that the Blackhawks didn't win that game in OT. Would have cost them an opportunity in uh, the NHL draft lottery to get that number one overall pick, you know, who knows how everything would have worked out. But um, that was the last that we had heard from Jonathan Taves. It had been really quiet all off season long. And in his postgame presser following that game, he kind of bounced around and it seemed like he had a little bit of conflicting interest regarding whatever, what was going to come next for him. As we knew he wasn't going to be returning to the Chicago Blackhawks after Uh, An incredible 16-year journey there. But we heard Taves, you know, kind of talk about how he at least was entertaining the idea of retiring and how 
Uh, just there were some things that he had to put off to the side because of his playing career and, you know, the nonstop training that goes into all of that. And obviously the Blackhawks success made their seasons longer. He played in the Olympics. I mean, Jonathan Taves was a real busy man there for 14, 15 years. Um, and it, it just, it, it sure sounded like that was at least on his mind. And then of course, uh, when free agency opened up on July 1st, and just prior to that, we, we had heard that Jonathan Taves' name wasn't even among the list of free agents that get sent out to every NHL team ahead of July 1st. So that sure kind of made it seem like he was retiring, but we had nothing set in stone, no official statement from Jonathan Taves until last Thursday on Instagram, he actually took the time to uh, share a little bit of a heartfelt message to the city of Chicago and to Blackhawks fans everywhere and just kind of wanted to, uh, I think, show a little bit of love to Chicago after it had been a few months since he had made an official statement. And obviously he wasn't going to come back to the Blackhawks. So that's how things kind of started out was this message from Jonathan Taves, which I'll read some of uh, quote Taves said, quote, it's hard to find the words to describe the 16-year journey that has made this city my home. Aside from the three Stanley Cups, the parades, the countless memories made with my teammates, what is still most special to me was feeling a true connection to the people of this city. To Blackhawks fans, it was surreal to witness and be a part of the revival of hockey in Chicago. There was nothing like the roar of the madhouse when we scored a big goal to tie it or to win it late in a game. As players, we tried to reciprocate that heart and soul energy we felt from you. I honestly believe it's what made us so tough to beat in the later games of a playoff series. You are the best fans in the world, and I'm so thankful we shared so many special memories together. And Taves went on to thank uh, the Wurtz family, the entire Blackhawks organization, former teammates and all that stuff, and then rounded it out by saying, to all of you, I say thank you. You made my time here in Chicago unforgettable. And again, it was the first thing we had heard from Jonathan Taves in quite a while. Now, it was absolutely nice to hear that heartfelt message. And, you know, it had been a tough end to the season. Obviously, the Blackhawks trade away franchise icon Patrick Kane. We know it's the end of the road for Jonathan Taves as well. Uh, but what a special journey it was in between, man. And Again, I wouldn't be here, wouldn't have my love for hockey, wouldn't have my love for the Blackhawks if it wasn't for the effort and uh, the intensity that Jonathan Taves brought to the arena on a nightly basis. But with him making that statement, there was kind of some confusion because he didn't uh, specifically state if he was going to be coming back, if this was just a farewell to Chicago or a farewell from the National Hockey League. There needed some clarification there. So Jonathan Taves actually posted on Instagram once again, um, saying that I'd like to announce, quote, I apologize, quote, I'd like to announce that I am not fully retiring, but I am taking time away from the game again this season. I cannot deny my love for the game of hockey and still feel the passion for competing at the highest level. However, these last few seasons have been very difficult considering my health challenges. My focus is to give myself the time and space to fully heal and enjoy life to the fullest once again. Along the way, I've met several people who have struggled with the same issues pertaining to long COVID, chronic immune response syndrome, and other similar cases that are quite complex. I now recognize the importance of one day sharing the details of my health journey with you all. Thank you to all of you who have supported me and respected my privacy in this process. So there it is, Jonathan Taves officially stepping away from the NHL in the 2023-2024 campaign, will not be playing next season, but hasn't closed the door officially on returning to the NHL one day down the road. Now, 
I do kind of have some conflicting interests here because just after this, what, three-year journey now for Jonathan Taves to fight his way back on the ice and, and to have to step away again, and now he's going to be missing his second full season in the last four years. Um, he's going to be 36 years old in April, which means if he does even return for the 2024-2025 campaign, he'd be 37 at the end of it. It just feels like one of those situations where, and look, I respect and that fierce competitor that's in, that's that's just built with inside Jonathan Taves. That's what made him always so great. And that's what was able to take him to another level when it mattered the most. That edge is what made Jonathan Taves so special. And that edge is still what's driving him right now. And look, I'm sure he knows his body better than anyone else does. But from an outsider perspective, it just feels like one of those situations where you're like, what, what are you, what are you still trying to prove? What are you coming back for? And I'm sure Jonathan Taves has that belief. And he said, so that drive and that passion, I'm sure he loves proving people wrong and would love nothing more to get that opportunity, but it almost feels like it's, it's like for what? So the, the question I kind of have thrown out there, do you think Jonathan Taves is ever going to play in another NHL game? Go and comment your opinion down below in the comment section right now. Really interested to see all the varying opinions out there on this. Me personally, look, I don't ever want to doubt Jonathan Taves. And I don't ever want to say he can't do anything. But man, it just feels like it's going to be a pretty big ask. And again, it just doesn't feel like there's a, a, a real purpose. Again, I'm sure he wants to win the Stanley Cup, wants to get back to playing competitive hockey and still believes he can. Just feels like it's going to be such an uphill battle for him. And even in that last comment saying, I now recognize the importance of one day sharing the details of my health journey with you all. That to me kind of makes it sound like, and I know it hasn't been an easy battle for Jonathan Taves whatsoever. I'm sure, you know, he's had to fight through a lot of things just to even feel good in the morning. And when this is a day by day process, and that's really what this is having chronic immune response syndrome or long COVID, it's just trying to put together day after day, but you never really know what's going to come with the next. You never know how you're going to feel that next morning. So it just feels like it's very complex for Jonathan Taves to get back on the ice. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it feels a little bit far-fetched in my opinion. Again, go and comment down below as to whether you think Jonathan Taves is going to play in another game, but we know he's not going to be playing in the NHL in the 2023-2024 season. I wish all the best to Jonathan Taves, and I'm rooting for him. I hope to see him back on the ice one day. I hope, you know, he starts putting together good days once again and can get back to that point. I think everyone would love to see that. So wishing Jonathan Taves all the best, but some pretty groundbreaking news here is we know he's not going to be playing next season, and ultimately down the road a return remains a massive question mark. All right, there are my thoughts on a significant announcement from former Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taves, which still feels a little bit weird to say. Coming up in just a moment here, Blackhawks fans, I will discuss Brandon Hagel getting a pretty big bag from the Tampa Bay Lightning. But first, I need to talk to you all about bird dogs. If you're looking for fit, comfort, and versatility, then seriously look no further than bird dogs. I personally Love the stretchy fabric that makes me feel extra comfortable in their shorts and pants. And they really do give me the freedom that I need to wear them wherever, whether that's on the golf course or whether I'm going to go for a jog, whether I'm just lounging around with my friends, whatever. I love wearing bird dogs are seriously the favorite clothing article that I've ever owned. 
Uh, shout out to Bird Dogs. They keep plugging me with free stuff, and I wear them seriously every day. That is, that is not a joke. And I'm someone who kind of hates dressing up formal and doesn't really enjoy looking nice and presentable, to say the least. But I do find it very easy to get that done when I'm wearing Bird Dogs. They're both comfy and super fashionable. They're the best. Make sure to go and check them out. And you can do so by going to birddogs.com slash LOCKDOWNNHL. And when you enter the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs white tech hat with every single order. Again, all you have to do is use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL to get a free white hat with every single order of Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, the comfiest shorts and pants in the game. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, segment two. On Tuesday afternoon yesterday, news broke that the Tampa Bay Lightning had signed forward Brandon Hagel to a pretty massive eight-year extension worth $52 million. How you doing, Mr. Brandon Hagel? That deal runs through the 2032 campaign. The Lightning now have Sergachev, Sorelli, Hagel, and Point all tied up until at least 2030. Uh, And that deal that Hagel got, by the way, carries a $6.5 million AAV. It'll kick in uh, at the beginning of the 2024-2025 campaign. But seeing Brandon Hagel, I mean, nine more years for him in Tampa Bay. He's locked up, getting that money. Um, I just got to say, you know, how how cool it is to to see him get that that, that kind of deal Uh, Being such a hard worker, a guy who has relentless effort, goes out there on each and every shift and gives it his all. And knowing that he's really grinded his way to get here, knowing his backstory a little bit, uh, makes it even more special, in my opinion. Uh, And of course, Hagel kind of landed in the Blackhawks' lap a little bit because he was a six-round pick of the Buffalo Sabres in 2016, wound up never signing his entry level there, kind of was a little bit of a rover a bit. Uh, actually had a professional or maybe an amateur tryout, regardless if it was professional or amateur. He had a tryout with the Montreal Canadiens, wound up not signing a deal with them, not making that squad, and ended up getting a contract offer from the Chicago Blackhawks and kind of immediately became a fan favorite when he burst onto the scene during the COVID-shortened 2021 campaign and then really made his presence felt in the 2021-2022 season, was off to a blazing start with the Chicago Blackhawks, was arguably their most impactful player in all facets of the game, and wound up tallying 37 points uh, with 21 goals in 55 games for the Blackhawks before he got wound, uh, before he wound up getting dealt to the Tampa Bay Lightning at the trade deadline. He did go through a little bit of... Um, some struggles kind of getting adapted to his new team and their new systems and all that stuff, chemistry, figuring everything out. He struggled a little bit. I think he wound up only tallying seven points in uh, 22 games at the end of the year, once getting acquired from the Tampa Bay lightning, but boy, did he find his comfort level with the bolts last year Uh, wound up tallying 64 points in 81 games, 30 goals and 34 assists notched 30 G's for the first time in his NHL career. And also, played on the top line with uh, Braden Point basically all season long. And you know Hagel, the the way that he plays the game, he's able to make an ability all over the ice, a relentless four-checker, someone you can put out there in all situations. He can kill penalties and score shorthanded goals. He can be defensive-minded when you need him to do that. He's also really good around the opposing net on the offensive side of things. Truly kind of a Swiss Army knife type of player 
And yeah, just really cool to see him have this progression over the last few years and now signing an eight-year, $52 million deal. Uh, Got to be happy for Brandon Hagel, absolutely. Um, but you can also feel like the Blackhawks didn't make a mistake by trading him. I think you can be both. You can be happy for Brandon Hagel, happy for the Blackhawks, happy for the Tampa Bay Lightning, because personally, I really feel like this deal is shaping out to be one that works out for both sides. And kind of taking a look back at the deal, the Tampa Bay Lightning obviously received Brandon Hagel, who was a very team friendly, uh, a, a very a, had a contract that was very team friendly, and with the Bolts being backed up against the salary cap year after year, hence why you know we traded them Brent Seabrook and got Tyler Johnson in the second round pick. Right, that's how bad they were in of a financial spot. So getting Brandon Hagel, someone who can make an impact now and for the foreseeable future, along with his team friendly contract, yeah, they absolutely got the best player at that point in time in the deal. They also got a 2022 fourth round pick. They've turned into Kenny Connors, who I don't really know anything about, to be honest, along with a 2024 fourth round pick. While the Blackhawks, they got Taylor Radish, who just went on to pot 20 goals for the first time in his career this past season. And I'm super excited about his potential as a middle six piece for the Blackhawks throughout this rebuild. They got Boris Kachuk, who still has kind of struggled to cement himself as an everyday NHLer, although he did have a really strong finish to last year, if you remember correctly. And then they also got a 2023 first round pick, 19th overall. That my mind is still blown that the Blackhawks got Oliver Moore along with a 2024 first round pick. So to get Oliver Moore, who, man, this kid has the wheels and has the potential to be an absolute game breaker, another guy who can impact the the game all over the ice because of the way that he can glide up and down. He's also going to be in a really good spot behind Connor Bedard where he won't have to be offensive driven. He can kind of just play his game naturally along with another first round pick and Taylor Radish. I think it's still a really good haul for the Chicago Blackhawks. Knowing what we do now about Brandon Hagel, that he could be a 30-30 type of guy, and he's locked into the Tampa Bay Lightning for a long time. Yeah, the Blackhawks gave up a pretty darn good player, and yes, he would be helping in their rebuild, but at the same time, Brandon Hagel would have undoubtedly made the Blackhawks better this past season if they had kept him. And also they got more capital looking forward. I love Brandon Hagel, but this still looks like a really good, uh, really good haul for general manager, Kyle Davidson. So I think he can be happy for everyone here. I think he can be happy for Brandon Hagel getting the bag, the Tampa Bay lightning for locking him up long-term. Again, I think he's going to be a real key piece for them moving forward inside the top six. And you can also be happy for Kyle Davidson and the Chicago Blackhawks because Brandon Hagel netted them two first-round picks. One of them you never thought was going to fall at number 19 in a loaded draft regardless. And they also got Taylor Radish, who could be a solid middle six piece. Who knows what Boris Kachuk is going to wind up into as well. I think this is just going to be a deal that works out for all parties involved. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Obviously, a lot of work to be done to kind of figure out who truly got the better end of this deal. But it really does, in my opinion, shape up to be one that works out for both sides. All right, there is a quick look back at the Brandon Hagel trade with him getting a eight-year extension with the Tampa Bay Lightning yesterday. Coming up in just a moment, I'll get into a Central Division preview of the Minnesota Wild. All right, segment three, before I wrap things up, it's time to get into my final Central Division preview segment 
here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, of course, where I take a deeper dive into each of the other seven teams in the NHL Central Division. I've already gone over all of them, the St. Louis Blues, Arizona Coyotes, um, why am I blanking on Central Division teams, Dallas Stars, um, who am I, Winnipeg Jets, Nashville Predators. It's been a mind uh, of golf for me this past week, trying to get back into hockey here. Absolutely shameful, though, that I couldn't rattle that off right off the top of my head. The Colorado Avalanche, of course, I'm an absolute dummy. Regardless, putting that to the side today, I am going to be getting into the Minnesota Wild, who finished third in the Central Division last year. They had a record of 46, 25, and 11. That was good enough for 103 points. Had them in a first-round matchup with the Dallas Stars, and ultimately... They couldn't get over the hump. Once again, they lose to the Dallas Stars in six games in the first round. Same result as we saw to them against the St. Louis Blues in the first round the year prior. And now general manager Bill Guerin is in a really peculiar spot and kind of had his hands tied a little bit this offseason because the Wild had a lot of players coming up on expiring contracts, both UFAs and RFAs. And now... Starting this season for the next two years, they're going to be having over $14 million on their books and retained salary because of the Zach Parise and the Ryan Suter buyout. So that's really limited what Bill Guerin has been able to do to kind of make this team, I think, as competitive as possible. I still think he's done a, a pretty decent job kind of planning ahead in order to get to this point, but I still think it kind of cost the Minnesota Wild an opportunity to be as aggressive as they wanted to and aggressive as they quite frankly need to be for them to finally get over that hurdle and stop being losers in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs year after year. But as I mentioned, this kind of financial situation that they're in cost them some players. They saw some decently big pieces depart here in the offseason. Most notably, Matt Dumba is not going to be a member of the Minnesota Wild for the first time in his NHL career. Signed a deal recently with the Arizona Coyotes. We also saw the Wild let uh, Ryan Reeves walk in free agency. Same with Gustav Nyquist and Oscar Sundquist, along with uh, John Klingberg, too. All three of those guys who they acquired uh, as rental pieces at the trade deadline. They also had to let Sam Steele walk as a restricted free agent as well. So some pretty notable pieces there, especially because those were the guys that they went out to try and acquire at the trade deadline to get them over that hurdle. Uh, and then in the offseason, it was really just kind of bringing back a couple of RFAs and only two other moves. They brought back Kalen Addison, defenseman who was on an expiring RFA contract, along with Brandon Duhame, who's kind of a, a bottom six piece that they're hopeful for in the future. They did give Marcus Johansson a two-year extension after bringing him back. And then Philip Gustafson got a three-year deal to be uh, a tandem in that once again, along with Mark Andre Fleury. The only other offseason move that uh, the Minnesota Wild made, kind of interestingly, they swap out Ryan Reeves and bring in Pat Maroon from the Tampa Bay Lightning. So maybe, maybe there was some insight behind that, though. Uh, Pat Maroon has been doing a good job of picking spots to go and win a Stanley Cup at. Uh, maybe that that had some insight or had some reasoning as to the Wild one and uh, acquired his rights. Only cost them a seventh round pick, though, as Tampa Bay was trying to shed salary cap per usual. But yeah, it just feels like the Minnesota Wild are still stuck in this middling spot. It almost feels like they're not quite the Nashville Predators. They're better and more established than the Nashville Predators, but they're ultimately kind of in the same situation where I still just 
don't feel like, you know, they're currently good enough to get over the hump and they're still not bad enough to get a really solid draft pick. And that's kind of how they've been for quite some time. And you've seen them kind of draft either in the middle to late teens or into the early 20s. This year they had a first round pick, uh, number 21 overall. They took Charlie Strammel out of the University of Wisconsin. Uh, I did think they did a really good job. They got Riley Height at number 64, someone that I projected to be a late first round pick. They wound up wound up getting him number 64, but they still kind of have a, a middling level prospect pool. They do have Jesper Walstead, probably the best goalie prospect in the game. Liam Ogren, who was a first round pick for them in 2022, is their other kind of big name still in the prospect pool because we've seen obviously Matt Boldy, Marco Rossi and Brock Favor all kind of established themselves as full-time NHLers at this point in time. But one kind of big issue that I have with the Minnesota Wild too is last year um, they really the what, what really cost them a ton was they just didn't have enough offense besides their big three. The goaltending and the defense was actually really solid for Minnesota. They ranked sixth in the NHL in goals against per game. They also had the tenth best penalty kill. Philip Gustafson had a really strong season in that. But the Wild ranked 23rd in the NHL in goals scored per game, under three per night. And I I just don't know if I can expect their offense to be much better with what they have right now. It still kind of feels top-heavy to me, led by uh, Kirill Kaprizov, Mats Zuccarello, who is 35 years old, last year of his contract as well, and Matt Boldy. Because besides them, I I do think it's a, a good and a fairly deep forward group that they have. But I just don't know if there's a whole lot of upside there. Joel Erickson, Marcus Johansson, Ryan Hartman, Freddie Goudreau, uh, Marcus Foligno, Brandon Duhame. I know they're excited about Marco Rossi, but we still got to see it. Pat Maroon, like they're good depth guys, but I still feel like even in this division, it's probably the fourth or fifth best forward group in my mind. Um, and then on defense, obviously Matt Dumba's not going to be back next season. They didn't re-sign uh, John Klingberg. I do think they have a good top pairing, a really good top pairing in Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Brodeen, but there's going to be a lot of uh, pressure on the rest of the guys, in particular Brock Faber to kind of cement himself as a top four guy. Um, Alex Galagoski's not getting any younger. John Merrill's not getting any younger. It's going to be a big and crucial year for Kalen Addison back there as well. Um, Jacob Middleton is a defensive defenseman that I do like, but I, I do wonder if are they going to be better than last season? Is that defensive core going to be better than six in the NHL? Um, is that goaltending combo going to have as much success as they did last year? Marc-Andre Fleury certainly not getting any younger. Philip Gustafson, while he did have a huge year, can he do it again? I just have far too many questions about the Minnesota Wild entering this season. So as far as my prediction, uh, I hate to say it because I am a good friend of Lockdown Wild host Seth Topal, but I feel like it's just another kind of middling season for the Minnesota Wild. I expect them to finish third or fourth probably in the division, but I still don't think it's enough to get them over that hump. So um, probably going to qualify for the playoffs, probably out in the first round once again. I'd be stunned if they won even one series, quite frank. So yeah, I think this is just kind of a middling Minnesota Wild group once again, and I'd be pretty shocked if this group was the one that finally went on to make a run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show. And be sure to go and show some support real quick by following Lockdown Blackhawks wherever you may be listening to your podcast. Go and leave me a review as well. I would greatly appreciate it. And be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube if you haven't done so already. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it gets uploaded each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and follow me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 Go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. And on Twitter, you can follow my Strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.